This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Men is up next, but first... Listen to this other great Opie show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next Back to You, we're going to find out a lot of things about the art of fine cooking, but we're not going to find it out from Steve. One thing I do know that we learned, and I'm glad that it was reinforced, you've got to keep your feet out of the salad. We're going to talk to private chef Mike Cabisa. You're going to get hungry when you listen to Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Hey, Rick. How you doing? You look great. Hey, Dave. You know, I was going to, I should not say this, and I'm not even being facetious. Uh Uh-oh, please. You look like you've lost weight. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I am not, I'm totally not kidding. Have you uh, lost weight? I probably have. Yes, I have. Because of some medical issue? Or? No, no. I'm uh, I'm doing lots of steps. I'm walking. I'm I'm cycling. I'm trying to get in shape. For what? Uh, not dying. <laughs> not dying is my goal. You know what it is, honestly. It's it's when you see yourself in pictures. I know. And uh, you know I. I have like, you know, occasionally you get me in the wrong angle. You'll get the extra chin. Occasionally. Or, you know, or the 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 boob. You know, you get like the man boob. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't care how old I am. I'm never going to be comfortable with that. I have noticed because of all these Zoom calls I'm doing. Yeah. That, you know, you can see what you look like. Right. And I'm like, ooh, there's another chin. Where'd that come from? <laughs> but I will say this to you about your Zoom technique. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you need to spend a little more attention to, on it because you are. Uh, I've never a little met more a art more, direction, a more lax Zoom <laughs> Zoom call guy. If you watch TV and they do their Zoom calls, they've got these nice bookshelves yeah. behind them. Yeah. People are still mm-hmm. putting a, a tie on. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're trying to look nice. You couldn't look schlumpier. <laughs> you Schlump, are, is it schlumpier or schlumpier? I think it's schlumpier. <laughs> okay. I'm going schlumpier. So that's even worse than schlumpy. You are leaning back. Yeah. You you are you are exposing your belly. <laughs> I am not. You are. It's like you're you're scratching yourself. <laughs> I am not doing that. It, you, first of all, you never you're never supposed to have it go up. Right. Maybe the camera right. is 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 looking up at you. Right. Right. That well, makes you very jowly when you. It's do that. like the worst possible way to do it. Yeah. You know yeah. what. I, I'm not vain. I am who I am. All <laughs> but, right. But you're like a teacher now. You have to. Your your students have to be impressed by you. They they can't go. Hey, uh, when's uh, when's Professor Schlumpy's <laughs> Schlumpy? You know, it's funny because I as I'm teaching, they do address me as professor. Yeah, which is just yeah. like which wow. Is- it's wow. not true. That bar it's is low. True. <laughs> I want to apologize for every other professor out there that is being lumped in the same category. As you I. know, uh, my kids are are starting to make fun of me. I don't know if they're starting to make well, fun of you. I mean, it, I was at my mom's house last night. She mm-hmm. asked us to come over. We were out in the backyard making, you know, having pizza or something. What do you mean? Or something? Do you not remember what it was? Well, my mom, with my mom, there's like 75 other things <laughs> that were out there. You know, there's the fruit platter, there's the vegetable platter, and <laughs> yeah. it's all arranged in perfect colors and everything. And, you know, my mother is an entertainer. 
in the in the traditional she's, sense. She's the German Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> she kind of is. She kind of is. And you know, my my youngest son Sean takes cracks at me all the time and and Johnny my middle one he does too. Usually Tommy does not. But yesterday we were all hanging out in the backyard at my mom's house and uh Tommy says to me, "Hey dad, I saw that uh that retweet of that sunset picture uh Barry Butler." Yeah. Uh-huh. He said that nothing has ever been more on brand for you than retweeting someone else's sunset. Oh, wow. Which I, which I interpreted to mean I take too many sunset pictures and, they, and they, they're making fun of me. Yeah, I, I have noticed this brand that you're speaking of. <laughs> uh, first of all, I don't think I've ever considered you as a brand. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, you know, if you were a brand, you would be the new Coke. You know, yeah. you'd be the one. Why did yeah. why what was why did we put new Coke out there? Uh, but I have noticed that you are doing a lot of I am photography. Yeah, and, and some of them are pretty good. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, here's the thing. I never noticed how beautiful the world was <laughs> until you got the iPhone that you have to look through and the the lifestyle of never leaving the house and staying at home and you know I go outside as much as I possibly can this whole summer I've been doing it. And the more you go outside, you see that the sky is beautiful, or what the is clouds, that green or the thing tr- with leaves, with those fluffy things. Has it always been like this? <laughs> it's like I had never noticed it before. <laughs> the, the smells are different. <laughs> Zip, buddy, <laughs> doo, duh. Yeah, you, you've got the cartoon birds <laughs> circling your head right now. You know what I love? How you doing, Mister Gaffer? How you doing, Mister Johnson? <laughs> you know what I love? Life. I love life. <laughs> You're sucking it up. <laughs> It took you 57 years, but I'm just going to take a big heaping bucket of life and just slip it all down. That's my brand. That's my brand. All All right. right. My other brand is Minutia. So I believe that uh, we have to deliver some to the ladies. You know, we've got a great show. Yeah. All right. Why don't we tease? Yes. Yeah. We've got um, all of our usual suspects, you know, and then we're going to talk about suspects. Yes. With a little bit of a snippet from an one of our upcoming authors. Right. Jeff Gentile. I said call him Gentile, but yeah. Gentile. It's Gentilly. Okay, Gentilly. Uh, but, well, uh, I yeah. think that there's some debate. Maybe we'll talk to him about right. the debate of his name. Okay. Uh, and he's going to join us. He is the author, along with his brother, Michael, of Mob Adjacent, our new book. And he's going to be talking about the mob. And they've got some great stories great about the mob. Of course, the entire interview will be on... Minutia uh, Men Celebrity Interview right. uh, next Wednesday, so uh, check it out. Um, but in the meantime, let's go. Are you okay. gonna? Are you yes. jingling? I'm jingling. You're listening to Minutia Men, featuring the wacky exploits of your good pals Rick and Dave. Give them 22 minutes, and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. Uh, we live in some polarizing times, Rick. What? Yeah, I don't know if you read that. Well, I, that. I don't notice it as I'm breathing in life, <laughs> right, right. but there's uh, maybe some other people There's are. nothing polarizing about this ladybug that is on my cigar right now. What a butterfly. Look at that butterfly. I've never noticed how they don't really fly. They just kind of flutter. So I found this tweet, from, it, and this is from a high-profile political figure. I'm going to read you the tweet, and I want you to guess who um, tweeted it. Donald Trump. <laughs> Uh, hold on. It looks like the virus is not as deadly as the mainstream media first made it out to be. And then there was a link to a to ultra that, uh, to, to that a, bogus uh, story. Uh, it's the whatever. Western Journal 
Yeah, and it was uh, some CDC study that basically is okay. debunking. Well, it could be any Republican. Okay. Well, think about it for a second. I'm going to say it was Lindsey Graham. Oddly, this was tweeted by Herman Cain. Who is dead. <laughs> who died from COVID on July 30th. And his, tw- his Twitter account is still tweeting <laughs> that COVID is a hoax. And he died from COVID. Yeah. Yeah, that, there's something wrong about that. What chance do we have when people that have died from COVID are still calling it a hoax? <laughs> it's still a hoax. You know what? I think this is a hoax. <laughs> it must be a hoax, right? Oh, God. So, I, uh... you know what I thought was fun? You know, I just thought of this. I'm improvising here. Okay. I'm yes anding. Let's, who else has died throughout this year? Uh, I'd see. Well, let's just Google here. I'm just going right. to Google people who have died 2020. Okay. Um, what kind of tweets would they have? Uh, you know, uh, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Charlie Daniels. He died this year, uh-huh. right? Uh, let's see here. Charlie Daniels on Twitter at real Charlie Daniels. FYI, turns out that your fiddle playing ability isn't nearly as important as they led us to believe in Georgia. Now harps on the other hand. <laughs> Oh, oh, see. So he's tweeting from the. Oh, from okay. he's still uh, tweeting. All right, I, I got. I just noticed here. Wilfred Brimley died. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, what if he? I bet he would tweet something like, um, "Fuck! I guess oatmeal wasn't healthy after all." <laughs> Here's Eddie Haskell. Wally, a few notes for you when you arrive. Tell him he looks lovely in horns and that red really makes his eyes come alive. <laughs> and we're not going to need lighter fluid for the neighborhood barbecue. Okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, Carl Reiner just died weeks Recently, ago, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm stuck with Rosemary and Maury Amsterdam in an elevator for eternity. Hashtag FMAL. Do you know what that means? No. Fuck my afterlife. <laughs> Here's Regis Philman. Uh, you you want me to uh, the press the down button? Is that your final answer? <laughs> or would you like to phone a friend? 53% of the audience wants me to press the up button. Are you sure? So yes, and we just do. came up with those off the top it, of our head. Off the top of our heads, <laughs> just absolutely. Just and see. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story for you. Yeah. All right. This is a story about a poop-soaked phone. Sanitation workers. Poop-soaked phone. Is that a children's book? Yeah, it will be soon. Uh, from Eckhart's Press. Sanitation workers cleaning out a vault toilet in Flathead National Forest in Montana say they found a poop-soaked phone at the bottom of the toilet tank, and then they were shocked to discover it still works. Tracy Cow of A1 Sanitation said he and his team were cleaning out the tank of the vault toilet near the Holland Lake when he spotted the iPhone 11 Pro at the bottom. Now, that's a good one. Now, first of all, that's better than my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's at the bottom of it. It's not... That's not right. You know what? I bet it could take really nice sunset pictures. What do you have? You have an. I've got an eight. I think I got an eight. Yeah, I got an eight. Yeah. Well, maybe we need to start looking in toilets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was kind of in shock. I said, "Whoa, there's a phone." He said, "We tried to to tried not to suck it up or whatever, and then we went and we got the grabbers." Oh, well, now, this is an official device that they use at the toilet place to get stuff out of the toilets, uh, and they grabbed. Uh, they grabbed the phone out, and they found out that it could work. <laughs> uh, but they, it was locked. But they got the SIM card out, and they took the SIM card, and they put it in another phone, and then they found that they could get the name of the person. Uh-huh. They called that person and told them, hey, uh, are you missing a phone? 
Yes, I am, but I dropped it in the toilet. Right. So we're and obviously like, here. It is. Really? Would you like it back? No, that's okay. I don't want it yeah. back. Didn't want it back. So that got me thinking about other things that can be lost in porta potties. Mm-hmm. And I actually did a, a story search on this. And these are in the last year, all of these things have been found in porta potties. Okay. Ready? Um, in Macomb, Michigan, and this is not a bit. This is for real. Okay. These are, um, undelivered mail yeah. in Macomb, Michigan. A lazy mailman tossed in a whole bag of mail because he didn't feel like delivering and it. And they happened to be voter <laughs> registration card. He was prosecuted, by the way. In Oklahoma, some guy decided to use the porta potty as a meth lab in the off season, thinking that nobody was going to come out there and he'd mix his chemicals in there and everything. And apparently there was a really bad smell. They followed it and got in there and found out that he had a meth lab in there. There was another porta potty on the same golf course that he had turned into, uh, where he was growing his marijuana. Really? Yeah. So it's kind of like a strip mall. Yeah, kind of, kind of, but you know, apparently even in the off season, they check the golf courses. In Canada, this is one of my favorites. This uh, must have been just a few months ago. It was in July. Somebody thought it would be fun to set off fireworks in a porta potty. Well, is, that's like the urban legend, right? You have the cherry bomb in the toilet at the high school or whatever. Well, I think this is fireworks, not okay. like like uh, loud noises. They wanted to see how it, okay. it went off in there. And apparently there was debris everywhere. But unfortunately, no video. Uh, I I would like to see that video. uh, And then the last thing, and this is my favorite. uh, They found a camera. This is in Florida. uh, Um, A person had put the camera in the porta potty to film people using the porta potty. Yeah. But because he was had the technical abilities of a Rick or a Dave, <laughs> he accidentally took a few selfies as he was installing it. <laughs> and now he's doing three to three to five at so at the old call up thing out, and there's pictures of people. You know, I'm like, wait, who's this guy? His whole face is on there, and that's how they try. You know, um, I don't want to get too. Uh, we, we had a kind of a dicey situation with the dog this morning. Uh oh. Okay. Um, I mean, our dog is. The cutest dog ever, yeah. right? Is very sweet, yeah. really lovely. Personal hygiene, not great. <laughs> you think that's supposed to be your job to, to beat that out of him? Well, uh, it appeared that he tried to go to the bathroom last night, and it didn't get all... Evidently, he couldn't close the deal. And then he... In the morning, it was kind of, like, lodged there. Oh. Yeah, and we were, we're, we were thinking that, well, we really got to go to the vet right yeah. the emergency but michelle had a brilliant idea she's like let's just do let's just create a little doggy bidet for him and she took the faucet and cleaned him right out see right. you gotta teach like uh ivy does, this is what ivy does yeah. if ivy ever has to go when she's in her crate yeah which should we put her in at night because she's a killer <laughs> um in order to not get in trouble if she accidentally goes she'll eat the evidence yeah. <laughs> Right, and then when we take her out for a walk, we automatically know because then she's just thrown up. Right, oh, it's evidence is everywhere. Right, because right. she's not that smart. <laughs> but she does she put it in like a balloon and swallow it like oh a, like a drug like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But she can make it through the TSA, no problem. 
Yeah, but Wes, that was a... But my credit to my wife, she's like, well, you know. So we're going to open up a little doggy Doggy day. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, you guys really are high-end dog owners, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. You're high-end. Speaking of high-end, yes. Rick, let's get in this call the segue. Oh, okay. Uh, we've got some high-end shows on uh, opishows.com. Yes, we do. I mean, we got some great ones. Yeah. Uh, and not only can you listen to all that on opishows.com, but you could subscribe to these sure. high-end shows. Yep. Uh, and pretty soon, we're not going to just be on Spotify or the, the usual suspects. We're going to be on a little thing called Amazon Music Podcast. Really? Yeah. Jeff Bezos has been after us to yeah. sign the deal. He finally and, wore us down. And we did it. Yeah. Uh, Amazon Audible is not available yet. Okay. I think Jeff Bezos needs to make another hundred billion dollars before <laughs> it could. It could he, go he needs out. some walking around money, yeah. but it will be soon. So tell a friend, tell your wife, your ex-wife, your whatever, yeah. that we will be on Amazon um, Audible soon. We'd also like to mention st- around the water cooler at the doggy bidet place. <laughs> yeah, right. What would be the name of the doggy d- bidet? Uh, I'll have to think of. How about doggy bidet? Uh, Bow Wow Bidet or uh, Poochie Hooch. Have a rough bidet. <laughs> no. Hey, we want to uh, give our um, good vibes to Howard Sudbury. Howard Sudbury had some surgery. Everything is fine. Yeah. He, of course, uh, couples. Well, not couple. Well, he's not a couple, <laughs> but he partners yeah. with Steve Baskerville on Back to You, which is a great program. It is. On, it's a- on, on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and uh, Opie Shows. And Howard, they have a. They told a great story. Yeah, Howard sounds like he's kind of a, a wimp when it comes to medical issues. Okay, right. But he told a great story about him going in, and he had the white coat syndrome, and they placated him, and everything is fine. Okay. So please, All right. listen to that. It has something to do with Al Green. Well, that's so. a, that's what we call a tease in the business. Uh, we have much more coming up on this show. Uh, we're going to talk about Tiger Balls. That's <laughs> that's just a tease. Uh, and we also have our celebrity story, and we'll play a clip from our uh, celebrity interview this week. All of that is coming up right after this. On this week's Minutia Mint Celebrity Interview, we talked to the lead singer and founder of Grand Funk Railroad, rock and roll icon Mark Farner. Listen to Minutia Mint Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Come meet your new friends, Tommy, Kimmy, Sam, right here with Ant Friends. On this week's episode of Ant Friends, I bring back Florida Man. That's right. He's back. Along with the UK season of Horny Spiders. And I teach everyone what a cloake is. It's going to be all that and more on Ant Friends. Listen to Ant Friends on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And we're back. Dave. Remember when you were a kid and I don't know if you had a group of kids and you needed to choose a kid that was like it for a game or something. Yeah, sure. You know, and you would do the eeny, meeny, miny, mo, grab a tiger by the balls. If he hollers, let <laughs> no, him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I don't think that's exactly how it went, but yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Well, how'd it go for you in, in your white bread? Uh, no, you know, in the suburbs, we didn't grab the tiger's balls because that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, okay, what you? What did you do then? Uh, we kept, we caught, we'd catch them by the toe. All right, well, yeah. Well, when we were because it rhymes with mo. When we, us in Chicago in the urban yeah. city, or in the yeah, in, in, you're more in, beat poets, right. really. <laughs> well, no, we had to pick who was going to boost the car. 
So it had ah, to be, you know, sure. grab the balls. Yeah. Well, now we finally have an answer to the age-old question. Does a tiger indeed holler when you grab him by the balls? And what's the answer to the question? Yeah, apparently not always. Here is a picture. I want you to look at this picture. What do you see here? Those are some mighty fine tiger and balls. And you see somebody's... Yeah, there's a hand touching there's them. A, yeah. It's kind of fondling, right? Or yeah. I, well, grabbing I mean, the balls. It could be friendly. A tourist grabs a tiger's testicles... As she poses for a photo at the Thai Zoo. That is the caption of that okay, picture. Yes. Um, a t- tourist has been criticized after she fearlessly grabbed the testicles in a zoo in Thailand. The woman was visiting the Tiger Kingdom Zoo in Chiang Mai. Mai? Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai. I don't <laughs> Please know. don't make me say it. <laughs> Come on. No. No, I say it in your Irish accent. No, say Chiang Mai in no, your... No, I can't do uh, it. And when she posed for a selfie with the animal, shockingly, I mean, basically all she did is she just reached between the cat's leg and cupped, as you see here. As she's, people do. She's cupping the genitals, yeah. right? Um, after the pictures of her stunt emerged online, the woman, Kun Warashaya. Watch it. That's it says, okay. Kun Warashaya was criticized by angry locals, right? Here are some of the tweets that they had. Uh, Foreign tip Sarasha wrote, that is so rude. The tiger did not allow you to touch his privates. First of all, how do you know? Exactly. There could have been some foreplay. Yeah. Um, another one said, this is dangerous. If the tiger had reacted angrily, it could have attacked you and grabbed your balls. <laughs> okay. It was a woman who did this. So, uh, And Kevin Spacey tweeted, what's his number? <laughs> and Tony, the tiger, said, they're great. <laughs> so there you go. This yeah. picture, uh, we will post the picture on our Twitter feed. If you're in... Thailand don't you can't do that anymore they and, have and by the way people say to you this minutia men podcast you know what do they have that other shows don't have I I really dare you to find another podcast that talks about tiger balls and I think actually quite a few because I when I was doing show prep yeah I saw it like on 75 different <laughs> This is how he does show prep. Dave goes on other podcasts, yes. sees the stories they did, and then brings them to me. All right. Well, this uh, this is a uh, story that you can't do that to. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the jar. Into the tiger balls. Pulls out some tiger balls uh, and uh, makes me tell the story of how I met those tiger balls. Uh, Sir George Martin, Beatles, the fifth Beatle, right? The producer of the Beatles. All right. So um, I never actually met him in person, um, but I did interview him on the air once. Okay. And I'll tell you the story of how that happened. All right. So I was John Landegger's producer. And it was right when the anthology program or the anthologies came out. Remember Beatles one, two, and three. Uh-huh. And you know what's great about the Beatles? Yeah, as Herman Cain, you know, still tweets when he's dead. The Beatles are still putting out music. Hey, when Paul's dead. still around. George, uh, Ringo's still around. Um, hey, let's put together another thirty. Uh, we'll just call it, you know, but George three. George Martin is not still around, right. by the way. But anyway, so mid nineties. Uh, I got a call at the office one day from Capitol Records, and they said, listen, you know, this Beatles anthology is coming out. We're going to be doing a satellite uh, tour 
uh, 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 interview tour with Sir George Martin. Do you guys want to have him on? And I said, uh, Do I? Yes. <laughs> and I got off the phone, and John Landecker was in the studio, and he or in the in the office, and he was laughing at me. He was like, "What was that?" I said, um, "I'm glad you're sitting down <laughs> because we're going to have Sir George Martin." The producer of the Beatles. And he starts cracking up because he knows that I'm a huge Beatles fanatic. And John says, well, he was the producer of the Beatles, right? I said, yeah. Well, then, and you're the producer of the show. Shouldn't you, the producer of the show, introduce, yeah. in, interview the producer of the Beatles? And I, and I laughed and said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. He goes, okay, you're going to do it. Yeah. I was like, what? And, and, I, and I had too much time to think about it. I had a good month before the interview to think about it. So that whole month, I'm like, oh, my God. I was calling all my Beatle friends, and, you know, we're curating questions. You know, I'm, I'm asking them, should I, if, should I talk about the early Beatles? The, you know, what should I, should I ask about the Let It Be sessions? You know, what, the, the, what about the drums use on, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. and, you know the, 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 the squeaky chair in the end of whatever. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, who, who's the nicest one? You know, I, I, I couldn't uh, curate the... Uh, the questions and every day I would go in and talk to Landecker about it. And every day he would laugh at me. And, and finally we got to the day of, and he started describing to the audience how nervous I was. And I was freaking nervous. I mean, I was like white as a ghost nervous. And finally the interview comes, it's like 10 after seven in Chicago. Um, George Martin is on the phone. And I don't remember what my first question to him was. Um, but, Do you remember the Beatles? <laughs> and, you know, I was determined not to be Chris Farley. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I kind of felt like Chris Farley. I, I think I asked him about a song on the White Album. Yeah. And after I finished the question, there was like uh, two seconds of silence because of the delay. But I wasn't thinking that it was the seconds of silence because of the delay I thought he was icing me because he thought the question was, was too stupid. stupid. <laughs> and I collapsed like a house of cards. I was like, oh, my God. I, uh, I'm gonna... And John was on the floor. He was laughing so hard. And finally, he took uh, took mercy on me and uh, and took over and did the interview. Thank God. Because it ended up being a good interview. But holy crap, I've never been more scared in my entire radio career. So... The next day, uh, you know, and actually I listened to it afterwards and I thought, hey, you know, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It really wasn't that bad. Um, the next day, John does a bit on the air and says, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to play it back for those of you who didn't hear it. And I want you to listen to how nervous Rick was. Oh. And actually, I think I, do I have that? I may even have that here in my uh, files. Uh, please hold. Your uh, call is important to me. Dun, dun, dun. I do. I have it right here. Oh, here it is. All right, listen. This is uh, this is this is the 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 tape that they played on the air the day after the day after mm -hmm. pretending like it was a tape of me interviewing George Martin. It's oldies one hundred four point three WJMK talking live from England with the famous Beatle producer George Martin. Beatles, the largest selling group in the world uh, this past year with all the anthology material art. Rick, you uh, <laughs> you are now going to talk with uh, Sir George uh, Martin, the Beatle producer. Would you have a question or two? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Say again? Was Birthday ever released as a single? 
I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm not authoritarian on on Beatle law. Did you? <laughs> if there's one question, which what? The if of all three anthologies, do you have an f- absolute favorite section? Oh, I see. Oh, it has to be in 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 the in the section. Well, it's really Pepper. I mean, Pepper was my my real favorite, and my my you know I loved that. <laughs> so that's a pretty funny bit. Yeah. Well, didn't you, you talk to Ringo once, didn't you? Or yeah, yeah. I were you that nervous when you talked to Ringo? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Really? I mean, the, the Beatles are the Beatles. There's nothing bigger than the Beatles. I have met hundreds of celebrities. In fact, I've how many hundreds of stories have I already told right, right. about the people that I've met? And the tr- the times that I got nervous are so few and far between. Anything that had to do with the Beatles just killed me. Well, you were real nervous when we interviewed the San Diego Chicken couple. <laughs> no, I was not. You see, that's the thing. The I hooker mean, from Fargo? I you were no, no, I mean, Mark Farner from Grand Funk. I interviewed him last week. Uh-huh. was not that nervous. Would you still be as nervous? Like, Paul, is Paul McCartney the... Is that... Uh, there's a very good chance I would not be able to utter really? a word. Yeah. Which is, you know, pretty totally normal for a 57-year-old man. <laughs> right. To, to, you know... Fall into a puddle. But in my defense, at that time, I was only 33. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, uh, so when I was looking at Wilfred Brimley. Yeah. You remember the commercial, his oatmeal commercial, right? Yeah. I don't know if you remember the commercial. He's like, you know, when I was a kid, a nickel, you were a rich man, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Guess how old uh, Wilfred Brimley was when he cut that spot? 65. 53. Oh, my God. You know what? When he died, I looked up. How old he was yeah. when The Natural came out? He was our basically our he age. He was 47. Oh. <laughs> he was 47. He played pop, you know, the old... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's... I'm, I've, I feel great about myself <laughs> right now. All right. Uh, the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview this week is with author Jeffrey Gentili, author of Mob Adjacent. And this is a, a clip that we've chosen to uh, to show you exactly what sort of an interview it's going to be. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Eddie Fisher played Ed Orlando's Hideaway, which was one of my favorite stories that, you know, Eddie was down on his luck after all that Liz Taylor business when he dumped Debbie and <laughs> took up with Liz. Yeah. And he was his career was shocked. But Frank Sinatra, who was playing next door at the Sahara, wanted to do his friend a favor. So he called Sam Giancana. Sam Giancana called Jackie Cerrone. Jackie Cerrone called my father, and my father booked Eddie Fisher. And because Dad didn't give a crap about sex scandals and whatnot, all right. he knew is that he played a two-week engagement to mostly full houses, and if people booed, they, and they did, they were booing over a three-drink minimum. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> their cash is still, their check's still cash, my friend. What about That's that right, poor Debbie Reynolds? What about her and her feelings? Well, that was yeah. that was that was one of my favorite parts. Is that my father said to my mother, "You know, do you want to come and see Eddie Fisher?" My mother just turned up her nose as only she could, and she said, "I wouldn't be caught dead in the same room with Eddie Fisher after what he did to Debbie Reynolds." <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to hear the entire interview, Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, go to it at the Radio Misfits. Go to it at uh, Spotify. Soon on Amazon. Uh, be sure that you uh, subscribe to that show because uh, every week there's at least something in there for you. And then this week, some great stories about the mafia, which, uh, you know, 
uh, Rick and Dave, we're pretty tough guys. <laughs> what do you think your mob nickname would be? You'd be, um, you'd be a shit in the pants. Rick shit in the pants, <laughs> wouldn't you? Ricky Squeaks. <laughs> How about you? I would, ha- I would have to be some mucus, you know, some sneezy <laughs> sniffles. I think I'd be sniffles. Yeah, Davy Sniffles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that is so true. All right, so special thanks to our executive producer, Tony I think, I think actually yeah. your elephantitis might be. Would they? <laughs> Ricky Stump. <laughs> Ricky Stump. Uh, tell a friend to listen to us. Or your gout. Us. Gout could be. <laughs> no, I think I think stump is better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stump has got like a, a tough guy yeah. kind of sound to it. Uh, go to opishows.com. What about your diverticulitis? That, could that be? Bowels. Or wherever you find podcasts, search for Radio Misfits. Uh, opishows.com is, what's opi? That's hippo backwards. That is right. Oppihshows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. I don't, th- I don't know if you know about this, but... Mm. Great talk radio isn't dead. No, no, like like Herman Cain. Yeah, it's it's just moved to a better place, yeah. like Eddie Haskell. Uh, RadioMisfits.com. <laughs> and we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Minutiaman. This Opie podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID nineteen. Proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, we talk about crazy cool Mopar colors from the past, plus some great songs about cars. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. If you missed Lausano Lausano or Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed: toilet seats. I always lowered the seat and the cover. Mm -hmm. However, I do argue I don't sit down all that much. (laughs) You would think I would be the one accidentally falling in, not the person who every single time goes sit down. You look before you leave. (laughs) On my old TV show, we did this question about asking local media celebrities if they lower the toilet seats. Read yours. Who do you have? I have Ron Majors. He says, I think the argument gets convoluted by separating the toilet seat from the lid. I would argue that the lid should always be closed. If we accept that the lid should always be closed and that most lids and seats can be operated as either one unit or two, then the answer is easy. Both men and women should close the lid. Either way, we are both performing one function, an equal function. We both lift something to use the toilet and we both close something when we are done. Ron went deep. Wow. Right. What a word. Like, that sounds like he was given that from, like, the Lincoln Monument. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Radio Misfits. Get more Lausano and Friends. Lausano. Now on Lausano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lausano or whatever it's called.